The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Yes, good evening and welcome to Big Footy Power podcast. You're here with Bevo and joined as well by Cam. After a, what was a good win on Saturday, I won't say it was a, a convincing win, but a 40-point win will take it and that's two in a row for the power. And we sit nicely in sixth position with a week off as well. Not so good for the Maggies, unfortunately, going down to West Adelaide yesterday by 32 points. So the Maggies are sitting in eighth position, second bottom of the ladder. So they'll certainly need to improve a big game against North Adelaide on Saturday. Good evening to you, Cam. How are you going? And uh, how did you see the two games on the weekend? Yeah, good day, Beth. Uh, yeah, good to be back tonight, mate. Um, oh, look, it was obviously... The, I, I did watch them, I managed to watch them both, uh, I won't go right into them now, but um, <laughs> the one against Gold Coast was obviously a bit frustrating and tough to watch at times, but hey, a 40-point win uh, is always good, and and a win's a win. Uh, Magpies are pretty disappointing and, and very difficult to watch, but uh, yeah, look, we can talk a bit more about that as we go along. Yeah, the Maggies are an interesting one, perhaps we'll talk about them yeah, a bit later on. Because I, I want to bring that up, and yeah, just I mean, we won our first two games, and we drew that one against the Eagles. We probably should have won, but then we have been quite disappointing. Now I know we've been having quite a few top-up players in, and and guys missing, but you look at our injury list, and compared to compared to the Camry Clowns, we've got hardly anyone on our injury list, so we should be doing a lot better than what we are. But yeah, we'll talk about that afterwards anyway. Let's get back to the big game on Saturday over there in China. Um, Ten thousand people. Some people were saying that there wasn't much of a crowd there, but when you consider the Gold Coast had 6,000 in Brisbane the other week when they played against Melbourne, it's not a bad crowd when you consider it, and it was wet as well. Yeah, look, that's the thing. that There's, there's been a lot of uh, promotion of the game. Uh, obviously, the weather wasn't great, but uh, and my understanding is that a lot of the crowd were under the marquee. So, Smart um, people. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Uh, look, it, it, it didn't look great. It didn't look like there were a lot. But, uh, yeah, no, good good on them. They were well promoted and uh, it's great to see. Yeah, and, and I'd like to, to hear your thoughts as well because some people have said um, in the media that, you know, Port's wasting their time and they should just focus on, you know, growing the, the, the competition and the game itself in, in Australia and, um, you know, Port can't afford to lose their home games for these sort of games. But when you consider all the sponsorship and all the money that potentially can get in the future. And, you know, some big-name Victorian teams like Carlton and possibly Collingwood or teams like that, maybe even Richmond, are, are putting their hands up. You wouldn't say no to it. Could you imagine a, a Port versus Collingwood on a Friday night in China? You get 25,000, 30,000 people, surely. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think they, they could actually fit that many. But, um, <laughs> yeah, look, it's... It's, yeah, when they talk about uh, should be promoting the game in Australia and, and this sort of thing, that's, it's, that's a very short-sighted view because it's not just about the game of footy. I mean, it is, um, of course, about the footy, but there's also yeah, those, those economic and political links, um, the, sponsorship, the sponsorship that it creates. Um, you know, Port have just had a they've, – they've implemented some kind of an agreement where some um, Chinese kids can come and, and test out Adelaide University to, to see whether they want to come and study. I mean, that just, that's 
really good for you know for the economy and so look it's it's all about promoting footy and obviously uh, creating links as well yeah most definitely I, I, I certainly think it's um it's a win-win for port and we don't lose anything out of it and I mean we got the four points again on Saturday and we got the four points last year so let's hope we can make it three in a row next year but getting back to the game itself some good signs with Pau Pepper back to his best 26 disposals 10 tackles two goals and maybe one of the goals of the year as well. He was superb, wasn't he? Oh, how good was that goal? I was absolutely, I was in my chair. I was I was getting out of it. No, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it was great. Um, yeah, but that's, and that's the great thing with Pal Pepper. He's got that confidence to, to take on, to, to kick a goal wherever he is, um, whether it be outside of 50 or, or not. Um, he provides that hardness for the team. He's a big body young player, and we haven't we, we haven't lost a game with him this year with him in the side. Oh, there you go. So yeah, can't be going too bad if that's the case. <laughs> no, he's um, oh look, he's he's great to have around. Uh, he, he's definitely good to have in the side, and uh, yeah, he, he he certainly brings a lot. And in terms of the other best players, great to see our skipper Travis Boat winning the medal for best on ground. 28 disposals, five marks, and six tackles. He's really back to his best footy playing in the midfield, Ken. Yeah, he provided a lot of run on the day, and he, he was he was everywhere. Uh, he himself, though, said that he probably stole the medal off uh, Sam. But <laughs> uh, I, look, if if I was sort of doing three, two, ones, I, I would probably have Bogey first, uh, primarily because he's got that leadership role and that little bit extra that he has to give in the game. I actually did feel that he was probably our best on ground. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'd, I'd sort of. It's hard to say between the two. Like, like I said, you probably could um, probably could flip a coin and give give either of them the best on ground. But yeah, they definitely both played ripping games. And speaking of ripping games, Darcy Burn Jones had a ripper as well, having 26 disposals. And Ollie Wines continuing his good year. He had 26 as well. Darcy Byrne Jones really did impress me. I think even a few weeks back, some people were sort of questioning uh, how he was going in the side, I, only to some extent. But he's really he's come along quite strong the past few weeks. Um, I know even uh, against the Eagles that day, he was very good. He's finding a lot of the ball and really contributing in that way. So no, I've, I've really been impressed. I thought with Ollie on the weekend, yeah, Ollie's Ollie's great. Ollie's having best season so far, probably a bit quieter than he normally is, but that's just by Ollie's standards. Yeah, he's an absolute ripper. And I know everyone's been talking about us getting Tom Lynch, but in my opinion, I think our forward line's pretty damn good. And obviously Tom Lynch would be handy, but I'll be putting my my money towards Ollie Wines at the moment. He's just too important player to lose, that's for sure. Oh, look, yes. Tom Lynch doesn't even interest me. Uh, I, I did see something about that, and I thought, no, that, that just does nothing for me at all. Um, particularly when we've got someone like Ollie Wines coming out of contract, we need all the we need to throw all the funds we can at him. Yeah, we've got enough players. Uh, we've got good forwards. We've got Charlie, who, who's gets a lot of the ball. He's struggling a bit with his kicking, but we've got Charlie. We've got Jack. We've got a, we've got Todd Marshall oh, uh, yes. up and coming. Yeah, yeah we, we don't need. I, 
I, I don't see the point in our side throwing money at, uh, at Tom Lynch. Lynch. No, I'm 100% with you. And obviously, Billy Franson, Sam Hayes, got all these other boys coming through that could always play, you know, up forward in the future as well. So, yeah, definitely exciting times there. And um, speaking of young guns, another one who's having a really good year, probably his career, I mean, he's only in his second year for Port, but I think he's in career best form, and that's Dan Houston. He hardly ever stuffs up a kick. His efficiency is amazing, and he's been so good down back, and he's probably holding off guys like Pittard and Brody from um, getting a game in the power side. I was thinking earlier in the season, I, I was thinking of Dan Houston, possibly someone who, who really just needs to do that little bit more to keep his spot. And uh, and recently, I think he's been doing that. Uh, he certainly impressed me. You don't necessarily always notice him. And then you, you look at the stats and realise, geez, he, he did all that. But he's a very hard-working player. Uh, and he's, yeah, he's, he's definitely keeping some of those sorts of people out of the side. Yeah, most definitely. Just another thing, though, a little bit concerning, and that's our inaccuracy, Cam. I just want to raise this with you. 11 goals, 16. Now, it cost us in the West Coast final last year. Charlie Dixon himself, you know, kicked three goals, six. And the team, I can't remember our, our, exact, score, our exact score, but it definitely cost us. And we can't afford to kick 11 goals, 16 in big games and finals like if that was a showdown the other week, we kicked 11 goals, 16. The Crows would have buried us. So we have to be careful about this inaccuracy. We can get away with it against the Gold Coast and these other sides that aren't as good. But, yeah, I think that's something that we've we've got to look at, especially, like I said, come the pointy end of the season. Yeah, as we saw in the first half of last week's game against the Crows, it, it was a problem for us. Um, our, our biggest issue was that it was just our inaccuracy on the scoreboard that cost us. Uh, it happened, you, you noted, you, or you mentioned it happened in that elimination final. It happened in an earlier game against West Coast last year as well, where we beat them in every area, every statistical area of the, the, the game except yes. the scoreboard because, <laughs> because of our inaccuracy. I think we even had more scoring shots. Yes. Now, yeah. This is the frustrating thing with Charlie at the moment. So Charlie, I think, is, is oh, look, he, he's up there for contested marks uh, in our side. Um, he takes, I think, the most marks inside of 50. He's our number one target. But we need him to finish. Uh, we really need him to finish. And I, I don't know what it is. Even the other day watching him line up for a shot at goal, I thought, I'm not confident he's going to kick this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it does uh, it does worry me. Yeah, certainly something they'll have to look at. I guess they've got plenty of time to fix it up, though. That's a positive, and, yeah, I'm sure they will. Um, also, another positive, though, we did have 71 inside 50s to Gold Coast 48. So that shows we are getting the ball inside 50, and like we said before, it's just and 27 scoring shots, pretty good. Um, we just need to focus on that, that sort of making the most of our opportunities. Yeah, we do. Uh we went in 73 times, didn't we? 71, uh, 71 times. The Gold Coast had it in there 40, 48 times. So it's pretty convincing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it is. And look, we recruited for a side that was going to be um, very good. Oh, we, we were always good at getting it inside 50. I know last year we were one of the best sides in the comp for getting it inside 50. Um, what we recruited for was a side that was going to make the most of it while we were in there. 
Now, we had 27 scoring shots, but as you say, unfortunately, 11-16, uh, we were at the wrong end of, of, the, of the behind count. So, yeah, there is a real issue with that. Now, let's hope that it's something that, that can, can fix itself throughout the season or, or something that can be worked on because really, uh, I don't know, unless we fix that... We're not going to be putting teams away like we should, like we sh- should be putting Gold Coast away. Now, you could almost make the excuse that this weekend, uh, difficult conditions, uh, the rain, slippery ball, that kind of thing might have hurt us, but it, it, it's been a problem for, for some time. Yeah, most definitely. I'm sure I'm sure Ken Hinckley and the lads are, and the forward coaches and that sort of thing are, are watching it closely, so let's hope that we can fix that up. Um, in terms of so we talked about this um, off air. In terms of the best and fairest, uh, you know, at the halfway mark or after nine games, obviously it's not quite the half mark, halfway mark yet. But in terms of our season so far, I'd like to hear your thoughts on, you know, who you think might be leading the best and fairest count, Cam, and and you know maybe your top five so far. It doesn't have to be in order, but who you think would be in the top five of our best and fairest, and and sort of, I guess, a bit of a wrap about their season so far. Yeah, okay. Now, um, I'd like to see some of our listeners contribute to this too, if they can. Uh, hi, hi, Portia, I've, I've seen your comment there. Uh, let, let's see if we can uh, hopefully get a few more on board. Um, it'd be good to see. But, yeah, look, I'll, I'll name a few. But if uh, anyone's got any ideas, please add to this and tell me where you think I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, I, I think so far leading our... Uh, leading our best and fairest to this point up into the bye, uh, I think would have to be Ollie. Ooh, um, interesting. Yeah, look, look, he's... Um, I've, I've looked at a few things there. Now, I think in the competition, we're number one or two in clearances. Uh, Ollie's our leading clearance getter. Uh, we're somewhere up there. We're somewhere in the top I think we're two or three in um, disposals, and Ollie's leading us for that. Um, so that's that's kind of where I, I see him. Uh, like I said, he's having his best season. Uh, now Kirk, so and I'll just add, Kirk's asked the question: Could Robbie still win it? Yeah, I don't think you get rubbed out for best and fairest. You, you do for the brown load, but as far as I know, I think you can still win the best if you've been um, suspended or reported. Yeah. I'm happy to stand corrected there, but that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I see. I, I think uh, for me, um, Tom Jonas is is up there. He'd be in the top, uh, <laughs> top two or three. See, he's, okay. my, he's my number one, so that's why I chuckled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, I, you know, I love him at the moment. I absolutely yeah. love him, and um, he look the, the work he does at the moment. With just the way he leads our defence and the job he does every week. Now, you know, against guys like um, Kennedy and and you know some Crows player he might have played on last week. And who knows? He always gets the best forward and the forward that's most being kicked to. Um, I think he leads he leads our side for um, oh, oh, 
it, it, some level of, of marks, uh, whether it's contested or, or anyway, he, he's doing very well. Yeah, see, um, I had Tommy. I had Tommy first. Um, I definitely agree. Ollie's having a great year, but I've got a couple of others ahead of Ollie. I'll, t- we'll t- I'll tell you more about that in a moment. But I definitely think that Tommy Jonas um, would be leading it at the moment, in my opinion, because he takes the best forward every week. Um, I reckon we would have beaten West Coast in that final if we had Tommy Jonas last year, because he would have been our stop the big the big blokes and Kennedys and Darlings and these sort of lads and Petrie as well. Um, you know, this year he's been up against your Ben Browns. Ben Brown four against him. But a couple of those goals were free kicks, and two of them were in junk time late in the game. Eddie Betts um, kicked three against him, but again, didn't really have an influence on the game like he normally does. He normally kicks five or six against us. So I think there's a couple of good examples of, of why Tommy Jonas could well be leading the um, best and fairest so far, camp. Yeah, fair enough. Actually, I'll go back. It was clearances and disposals that Ollie's leading in. Yeah. Uh, Jonas is leading us in marks and rebound 50s. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you, you know, um, some people might jump on me for this one, um, but I'm also thinking that Polly is is somewhere in the top five. Yes, he's in my top now, five. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Polly's in our top five as well for the. Uh, the, the work he's been doing. He's been getting a lot of the ball and his disposal's quite good. Yep. Uh, he's been working very hard. Uh, I, I think he's certainly in there. Then I've, I've got, um, I still, I've got Robbie in there. Yep. And, and probably Trav too. So, um, yeah, he says, I, I tell you, Libby agrees with me that Ollie is first. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Libby, Libby's, Libby's got Ollie, Boak, Jonas, Robbie, and uh, Darcy, Darcy Van Jones. Ooh, interesting. Uh, I... And Ash. Good on you, Ash. Ash has gone for Ollie as well. Oh, okay. Good on those people for getting on board and uh, getting involved. Well done. Um, interesting. I actually had in mind, I've got Jonas, Pollock, yeah. Westy, because I reckon Westy's having a great year. And. He just keeps getting better and better every year, in my opinion. Actually, uh, yeah. can I add to that? I also, <laughs> I have six. I have Westy. Yes. <laughs> Not necessarily six. I, it was just, there, there were six I was I was struggling with to, yep. to put together in a top five. Did you say Bokey as well? Because I've definitely got Bokey in our top five. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, so we're fairly, yeah. even. We're fairly even. The only, yeah, probably, yeah, so mine would probably be Jonas, Pollock, Westy, Bokey, and Wines. I haven't been able to squeeze Robbie Gray in just yet. He's had some ripping games, but he hasn't been um, at his 100% best every week like he has been in previous years. I might be wrong, but I don't know. I, I think there's other guys ahead of him at the moment, but, of course, um, there's a long way to go in the season. So, Look, the, that, That's why I didn't mention Robbie first. Now, we're, we're talking up to round nine. So, I mean, Kirk here makes a good point that... Um, you know, Ollie's numbers, uh, they're the same with Rocky and Sam Pepper working together in there. Look, we, we haven't had that so far. We haven't had that enough uh, up to round nine. So, look, Ollie's had to work his backside off um, because uh, uh, Rocky and SPP either haven't been there or, you know, uh, Rocky hasn't been necessarily fully fit. So, look, Kirk, I think you make a great point. I honestly think... Um, 
either of those two players could certainly come into contention and, and, and maybe ease off a little bit of Ollie's workload. Um, but yeah, I think so far up to round nine, I've, I've got Ollie at the top. Yeah, interesting. I definitely think there's um, yeah, there's probably ten players you could really have in your, your top five. It's, and as a, as a listeners have, have said, which is good, it's great to have a bit of diversity. I think anyway, like it's, I'm glad that Darcy Ben Jones is in there from someone yeah. from Libby. Was it that said that? Yeah, yeah. yeah actually, yeah. That, that was uh, Libby threw that in there, and I've just thought, oh, hang on, I haven't thought of DBJ. Um, Look, I think maybe since he's had the haircut, though, he doesn't stand out as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right there. <laughs> but um, here's one to throw you a um, bit of a curveball one, Ken. Out of, our, out of our recruits, who's been your... I know we're going to talk about this in more detail next week in terms of um, evaluating each of our recruits, but so far, yep. who out of our recruits has been the best out of, our, out of them so far in, after, after nine rounds? <laughs> And and that's it's it's a yeah, yeah and, and I won't go right into it so I'll, I'll just I'll just sort of say my best because we'll talk about that more next week. But my probably I, I can only say I, I you, you kind of it's round nine you can only really toss it up between Watts and Motlop who've played the most. Yeah. Now I think when we come to the end of the season we're probably going to say well from what we've seen we're probably going to say Rocky. Yep. But. It's really, I have to say that Watts has probably made the most consistent impact. Um, of course, we've seen what uh, we've seen what Motlop's done, but I just think across the board, Watts's impact has been better. But yeah, like I said, we're going on nine games. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there, without the without sounding boring, because Watts has been contributing almost every game. Is got amongst the goals and whilst he hasn't had a heap of the footy he's just kicked goals in clutch times and you know shown his class like even on the weekend he kicked a classy goal when needed against Gold Coast and he's you know just knows where the goals are and always kicks those snaps around his body that some other people might struggle with so he definitely oozes class and I think that's why and again we'll talk about this more next week but I think it's people don't sort of give it much people just expect these guys to be you know, best on ground, getting 25 disposals every week and, you know, being amazing because Jack Watts obviously a number one draft pick. But people don't realise that they're making a difference by, you know, getting their one or two goals and doing other things. Like in the showdown last week, um, obviously we saw what Motlop did, but Watts in that, especially in the last quarter and some of the third quarter, he was sensational. Like he was providing a lot of run and might not have had heaps of the footy. I think he had 12 or 13 disposals. But, you know, what he did with it, and his use of the ball just it makes such a big difference. And I guess it's a little bit similar to like a Surioli or Hawthorne. Doesn't have to have heaps of the footy, but uses it so well that he can make such I guess make such a um, an impact in the game. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I've got to say, uh, Kirk is as uh, Rocky's coming. Yeah, I, I have to agree, Kirk. I, I've seen now his last four games, uh, including the SNFL. Obviously, I'd seen the games before that, but uh, I watched him. His last four games have been outstanding. Yeah. So w- when you throw in the two SNFL games and the two AFL games, uh, Rocky has come back into this side uh, and has been, uh, yeah, has just been sensational. So, yeah, that's no, that's been good. Um, yes. 
I, I was going to say, did, did want to? Uh, okay, we, we've talked a bit about that. Do we want to have a bit of a chat about the Magpies game yesterday? Yeah, I think so. And um, yeah, thanks to Kirk and all the other listeners for getting involved. Good on you. Um, yeah, we can, yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that more next week about our new recruits. So get involved in that, and yeah, feel free to have your say about your thoughts on our new recruits so far. And we'll open it up for people um, before next Monday night, so they can you know get involved and get interactive with that one as well, Cam. But yeah, like you said, the Maggies. Um, disappointing loss yesterday against Westies by 32 points. And, yeah, we talked about this a little bit earlier and um, off air. And we've got – we don't have a great – like, there's not many injuries compared to you look at some of the other sides, like our, our rivals over at Westlakes. <laughs> um, and it makes you wonder why we're struggling so much because we really don't have – yeah, I don't know. We don't seem to have that many players missing, and yet we, we can't seem to be – Going, we're not going too well. We've won our first two games. We drew against the Eagles, but we're sitting in eighth position, quite a precarious position at the moment, and a huge game against North Adelaide this week who are you know, right up there. So we really need to win this week, otherwise our season's going to be over before it's even started. Yeah, look, I'll, I can tell you a bit about why. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we'd, we'd love to actually see any comments. If anyone went to the game yesterday or has... Um or have watched it, or maybe even got some views on the uh, Magpie so far. It'd be great to see a few comments here. Now, the side we've got playing in the SNFL at the moment is a very young side. So yesterday's team consisted of about 10 uh, guys who've played less than 10 SNFL games. Uh, there were about another four who... Um, have played more but haven't played AFL. So there's about 14 that aren't AFL players that, that haven't played AFL yet. Oh, wow. Uh, and okay. then, yeah, and, and then, of course, it, it, it varies in AFL games through to, you know, say Jasper Pittard. Now, they, they've they been playing. The, the Magpies have a the, – or the Magpies are the highest, highest disposal team in the SNFL at the moment. And you can tell. So now I don't know whether this is an experiment or whether it's how how they think that they can win an SNFL game, but they are playing very much a chipping around game. It, it's high possession, chipping the ball around, handballing through the middle, and it's frustrating as hell. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like I say, I don't know if it's something that they're they're. Teaching them, all right, you, you've got to be able to do this under pressure, and then we move on to a better flowing game, or if it's something they're going to be going to be persisting with. I hope they're not going to persist with it. Um, West Adelaide exposed them beautifully through the middle. Uh, we to get we, we we do that short chipping thing out of the back line. Once we got it to the middle, they choked us. The good thing, the, the thing about Westies, they were also then able to, when they could turn the ball over, able to get players quickly down at the forward line, and they had plenty of options. We were just left chasing. So um, it's the current game plan that's that's killing us. But you also got to remember, it's a young development side. It's not, you know, people say, oh, it's an AFL side, they're professional. You know, there's a lot of kids in that team, mate. So, um, yeah, look, it, this might not be our year. We're, we're probably not going to play in a grand final this year. Yeah. But it's it's a young side that's that's developing. So where do you think it's changed from last year? I mean, we played in the grand final and 
Oh, do you think it's because we lost all those players like your Jesse Palmers and all these other players like your Lobies and all these other guys? Do you think that's what the difference is that last year we had that experience playing a lot more sample footy, whereas this year it's been a lot more top-up players, a lot more younger guys? Do you think that's what the difference is? And a new coach, obviously? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, you got to remember too, towards the end there, where we really, we were really strong. We had, we had Trengo playing for us as well. We had, um, you know, Archie. You know, we, we had guys that, uh, that 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 are almost a start up in, you know, a walk up in, into other AFL sites. Yeah, I mean, just a couple, but um, without getting too excited. But um, yeah, that that's made a big difference. And now we've. Now, when you look at our tall guys, you've got Frampton and Hayes. Uh, Frampton did quite well in the hitouts, but again, you still struggle. It doesn't get as much or doesn't get to do as much around the ground or doesn't work as hard around the ground. It's still something he's, he's I think, finding himself with. Um, Sam Hayes, great tall player. Geez, he's going to be good when he comes along, but still, it's you know, he's a kid. And it's... You know, his, his first season playing SNFL, uh, there's a lot of work to do. You get, you know, a little bloke like uh, Kane Farrell running around and who plays probably two feet taller than he actually is. But, you know, it, it's these guys are coming through, but there's still a lot of work to be done with them. Yeah, so you've got to kind of just, I guess, take a step back. And I suppose, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty for this and probably a lot of port supporters where... We played in the grand final last year, so we probably expect it to happen again this year without really giving it much thought. But, yeah, when you consider that, yeah, we do have a very young side. Lindsay Thomas is obviously out, so we saw how well he was going in the SNFL. So once we get him back, it's probably going to make a difference. And you never know, we might be able to still push for a finals berth, but, yeah, I think grand finals might be a bit hard. And, yeah, after the way I saw Norwood play against us the other week against the Eagles on the weekend, um, yeah, they're certainly going pretty well at the moment. And the Maggie's... Yeah, probably, you're probably right, Cam, probably uh, uh, a year, not our year this year, and uh, but maybe the year after, but good to get a lot of gains into our young kids anyway. Yeah, oh, look, um, Kirk's just asked, how's Frampton going? Well, he's, uh, look, I, I like I, I like the future of, of Frampton. I, I think there's there's definitely some potential there. And I've heard Brendan Lay talk about how you've got to uh, work on these guys and work on their maturity. And you can definitely see that with Frampton now. He's obviously got the ability to ruck and and attempt to hit out, but he's he still gets quite easily pushed around uh, the ground. Um, he's I think he just needs to be able to get more of the ball and overcome some bigger body players. So he's he's getting there, but he's certainly not at AFL standard and. You know, I'd be fairly surprised to see him play a game at AFL level this year. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, they're, they're putting a lot of work into him, so I don't think all is lost. Um, I think maybe a more mature Ruckman in the SANFL, or who's sort of like a fringe between the AFL and SANFL, um, could be quite handy for Frampton to learn off. Yeah, that's what, again, we've spoken about this in previous weeks that, We've definitely made that mistake by not recruiting a mature age player. But anyway, it's um it's all done and dusted now, isn't it? And at least Paddy's back playing well. But um, in terms of the players yesterday that played well, Jack Trengoves seemed to be getting better and better every week and just racking up the touches for the Magpies. Um, and he had 
yesterday had 33, Snelling had 34, um, Tumpus 28, McKenzie 27, Adley 26, and Pittard 25. Out of that lot, um, can you see any of them coming into the side the next few weeks, Ken? Well, look, actually, again, Kirk, you're doing a great job on there, and I'm glad you asked how did Trent go, because uh, <laughs> he was the one I was going to talk about. So, yeah. mate, Kirk, you've read my mind. <laughs> uh, uh, so I'll, I'll say this. The, the player most likely would be Trent Gove because he's been unstoppable uh, in the last few games in the SANFL. Now, Trango, he doesn't stop working and he works his ass off uh, in the game. He just runs and runs. Now, um, a couple of things on him. His, his kicking efficiency, um, he, he had 33 disposals. Um, 25 of those were effective. Sure. So, yeah, not only is he working hard, but, you know, when a player, you work hard, you get tired, um, you know, you, you, you can fall off a bit in the stats. He's, he's quite good that way. Whereas Pittard's kicking efficiency was around about 68%. So, you know, you, you, you look at a bit of a difference there. Yeah. Uh, Trengo was, oh, look, he was he was second highest with contested possessions uh, with, with nine. Um, so, and, and he also laid seven tackles, which was the second highest. So... Look, Will Snelling pretty much um, dominated the game for, for you know, possessions, good stats. Um, but, see, Trangove had also just got off a plane from yeah, Shanghai. That's so, right. So, you know, and then, then you go to McKenzie as well, who got, I think, 11 uh, rebound 50s. Uh, he got, um, oh, what was it, eight? No. Yeah, eight marks, 27 disposals. Um, again, of those 27, 23 of them were effective. Jeez, that's he good. Really just got, oh, look, he just got off the plane as well. What could have been really effective would have been if Trengo, uh, not Trengo, McKenzie, instead of playing deep in defence, have him a bit further up, um, so more around half-back, and be able to just break that middle, just just kick over that that centre line and get it long. Yeah, because um, he's got such a good leg, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, look, they were using Pittard more uh, across half back and getting him to to run it down, um, which wasn't necessarily always great because that he either had to kick into pressure or you know he'll just take it and run and do what Pittard does. So. Yeah, McKenzie's booming kick might have been handy. So um, yeah, no. Look, it, I, I would say if anyone's looking for a call up, I think it's Trengo. Um, yeah, let's hope so. A, oh, without a doubt. Um, look, Thomas has been good when I've seen him. It's just hard to see how we get into the side. Yeah, another one, At, Joe Adley as well. I love him. He's one of my favourites. He's a real in and Me under too. sort of in and under contested beast and. Once again, you know, he had 23 disposals on the week, uh, 26, sorry, on the weekend. And, you know, he keeps on racking up the touches as well. And I watched him against Nord the other week and he was one of our best. So I don't think he can be too far away either. Uh, Joe Atley's going to struggle though. Joe Atley's uh, in and under. He's a hard nut. Um, and you know, I love he's, he's got this centre of gravity that makes him that makes it very good when he's he's getting the ball on the ground or going in hard. Um, he he 
gets up very easily. He's hard to, to bring back down. But we've got a lot of players like that at the moment with Rocky's form and Pal Pepper's form and um, Ollie Wines and that. It, it's just hard to see where Joe Atley's going to come in. Now, um, Ash has asked if, if Pittard is in our best 22 still. Uh, and, and sorry, then made the statement, I think not. Um, no, I, I agree. I, I think Pittard isn't in our best 22 at the moment. No. Um, he, do, he, he does well in the SANFL, but um, for a 100-plus game player, there, there's just more I'd like to see. Plus, there's, there's a lot of players keeping him out. And to be honest, I'd rather see Trengove go into the side before Pittard at the moment. Yeah, I'm with you. I think our down down back out, we're pretty settled at the moment. You know, Homshi's going well. Um, we talked about Jonas. Houston's playing well. Cleary's been really good the last couple of weeks since he came back into the side. Um, you know, like and DBJ. So yeah, I don't think there's any room really for Pittard at the moment unless there's an injury. And um, another one that I want to ask you about though, Kim, you mentioned him before. He always seems to play well. Um, hasn't played an AFL game yet. I wonder whether he could slot into our side. Maybe even across half forward, um, or you know, swapping on the ball, and that's Will Snelling. Well, he showed he can get the ball. Um, yeah, kind of. It, it was interesting watching the game yesterday. I mean, I, I watched on a digital pass, so I don't get to see it closely. Uh, you, you know, you only you, you listen to the commentators and you see what's going on. I've, I've got to know the players pretty well, but. Will Snelling was just popping up everywhere. And if he's going to keep producing these kind of numbers, then why not? I mean, he, he topped us. I, I think he, he, he had the most for tackles. I think he had the most. He definitely had the most for contested possessions. He had about, I think it was 11. Um, he was just everywhere. And, and I say this about contested possessions because it's been quite a theme at Port Adelaide recently. So... That type of hardness, that if he can get the ball and bring that kind of hardness, yeah, it'd be good to see him maybe get a game before the end of the season. It'd be good. Um, yeah. I might ask you, I'm going to ask you something, Bevan, and, and Kirk's asked us whether Marshall would come back through the Maggies. Yeah, good question. Straight to the Powell. I think, I think he'd be straight into the AFL, to be honest, depending on how long he misses, but... He's really performed well and, and kind of established himself. I think the power, but what do you reckon? Good question. I was thinking about this actually the other day, and the way that our forward line has been going of late and how well it's been functioning, um, I would have said earlier on the year, you know, maybe before the Crows game, that he would have come straight back into the side. But the way we've been going the last few weeks, I wouldn't be surprised if he's placed um, in the Maggies and gets a bit of confidence there, Cam. But I might be wrong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, the only the only thing is, uh, and and I did want to I did want to get your because my thoughts were I don't know he's 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 probably uh, he certainly lifted himself lifted himself above SANFL, but then um, you're right. Look, he is a young guy, and you do sometimes have to be careful with that. And depending on the level of work he's been doing while he hasn't been playing. Um, I suppose you do. You, look, maybe yeah, you, you would bring him into the SANFL for a game, maybe two games, just to just to prop him up a bit. Yeah, well, another, another thing is, well, I went to watch um, Port Play Nord a couple of weeks ago, as I mentioned, and one thing we're really, I reckon we weren't far off in terms of statistics, again, like you were saying with the game against West Adelaide yesterday, which, funnily enough, we actually won the statistics against Westies. Um, disposal yeah. count by quite a bit, but we just didn't have, 
We really miss like a Marshall or a Lindsay Thomas, someone to take a contested mark. Um, we, we got the ball inside 50, but we had all these uh, small guys running around, a bit of a mosquito fleet, and yeah. it, was a, it was a dry night. So, you know, Norwood just killed yeah. us because we kept bombing it in long into the forward line, and, you know, Norwood defenders had a field day. So, um, yeah, definitely that's something. Marshall would, <laughs> would make a huge difference in our side, for sure. Look, Sam Hayes... Um was a bit of an option for us yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but you're right, we definitely lack options. And that's when I mentioned Kane Farrell earlier. He plays about two feet taller than he actually is. <laughs> um, but, and, and that's the problem. You know, we're, we're relying on these sort of guys to, to get it. Um, we've even got this young guy, um, Klusky, as well, who, you know, he, he knows, he's quite good and knows how to find the goals too. But we don't have... That target, like Scott Hodges. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, um, hey Ash, Ash has asked us uh, what we think of Broadbent now, um, whether he's, you know, what happens when he's ready or whether he's just done. Uh, look, I, I love Brody, but got to say, I, I can't see it. I can't see it. Yeah, he's had. Oh, I'm with you. He's one of my favourites, but with all these other young guys yeah. going so well, and and his ankles just totally screwed yeah I I don't know maybe another club might give him a second chance like a Carlton or a struggling club like Gold Coast but I just can't see him getting back into the port side unless Houston or someone uh, starts you know playing ordinary footy or gets injured or something maybe but yeah at the moment I'm a bit bit like you Cam I just can't see him getting back in nah because exactly and I'd probably even throw in uh, Mackenzie or Pittard before Broadbent as well. If if we did lose one of our one or two of our backmen, so um, oh, look, I, I look, he'd be great in our SNFL side. Yes, <laughs> um, yes, definitely. Certainly, certainly can run and kick the ball long, but uh, I think he's a few spots behind a few players. Again, I'd probably even be just as likely to give Trengo the go. Yeah, I agree. Well, here's one for you um, before we go. Would you have McKenzie before Pittard if you had to choose out of the two? Um, look, when we picked McKenzie up, um, I would say yes, okay, because I think he's quite – look, he's a good, reliable kick um, and a, a very experienced defender. I think he offers the side just that little bit more than Pittard does. Um with with some of his some of his strengths and abilities like that, so yeah, I would probably put. I'd love to see Mackenzie have a go. Yeah, I'm with you. He he played against Essendon and did okay, but I think that was one of those oh, bad yeah. bad bad days for everyone. So yeah, I like to see him another, have another go. He's a beautiful kick, and he's got a long left foot that we you know could definitely do with. So yeah, I, I think I think him ahead of Pittard at the moment, unfortunately, but that's the way it goes. Yeah. Um, look, look yeah. you, you, you could bring bring Pittard into the side because he's a hundred plus game player and he'll slot right in. Whereas McKenzie will, as you say, probably need a bit more time to to find his feet in the side. But but that's okay. Yes, definitely. Because because I think once he does, he he would be um, he'd be very reliable. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, are there any other questions there from our listeners before we wrap it up, Cam? No, mate. That's it. No, look. Thanks to. Um, Kirk and Ash were uh, were very active, and, and thanks to Libby. And I know uh, I know Portia was Portia was on there too. So um, yes. look, uh, 
great to have you guys listening. And yeah, we look one of our main topics for next week, as you said, Bevan, is, is going to be let, let's have a bit of a talk about our recruits and 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 a few other things. So um, yeah, get on board next week. Look forward to it. Well, perhaps we'll do a bit of a uh, we'll wrap up the season quickly, go through each game so far, and um, and sort of do a bit of a preview or a bit of a review, I guess, of each game and wrap out a season so far. I reckon uh, would be a good way to approach it, Cam. So yeah, everyone get involved and and thanks as you mentioned. That's great stuff. All our listeners are getting involved tonight. Good on you, and I hope you'll have a great week and enjoy the week off. Um, at least you don't have to worry about getting a hard attack about Port uh, winning or losing this week. <laughs> no, we'll be watching the Port Roosters game, I think, at, at some point this weekend. So, yes, yeah, most I'll, definitely. I'll my fix, mate. Good on you. All right, well, um, <laughs> thanks, Bevan. Thanks to you, no, Cam. Great to chat with you again, mate. Yeah, no, good, good to catch up with you again on Monday night. Uh, Travelling beautifully as always, and, and we. And you've got that technical side pretty much just about stitched up too, mate. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Great to speak to you too. And uh, to our listeners and to Cam, we hope you have a great week and uh, we'll speak all again next week. Thanks, Bevo. Good on you. Good on you. Thanks so much. See you, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. He was the hero a couple of years ago in Port Adelaide's last showdown win. It's bending. That's an old-time classic!